Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today's podcast was recorded before the SAG after strike. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have Deirdre Freer. We're here to talk about her show, Physical. She's hilarious in it. You know her from other things, like Somewhere in Queens, Little Boxes, Pretty Bird. She's amazing. And we have such an awesome talk about her journey and teaching and acting. And she does so much. Deirdre, I'm so grateful to you. Here it is. Deirdre Freer, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing even better now that I'm talking to you and you just got a dog <laughs> and I'm I'm so excited for you and I can only imagine the mixture of anxiety and happiness you're going through. So thank you for carving out time today on, on this. That's it. You yeah. nailed it. It is a mixture of anxiety and happiness. But uh, I, I'm, I'm so impressed with your career. You know, it's, you know, I'm an actor myself and, and I live in New York City and, you know, I've I've been able to do TV and film, but breaking into theater is so hard. And the fact that you've been able to oscillate between all three and your work in physical is so fun. It's such a cool show. And, you know, you're really hitting such an amazing stride. And I'm just I'm so impressed with the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. What an intro. Thank you. Yeah. Can you do my intro for everything? I, I will. <laughs> I will. I totally will do that. But as, uh, as long as you can answer some questions for me, let's start at of the course. beginning. Where did you grow up? Uh, so I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in New Jersey. But Where in I Brooklyn? Grew up, uh, I was born in Brooklyn, Marine Park. Okay, I don't know. Wow. I live I in Williamsburg. It's- I'm yeah. No, no, no. It's real, real Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, it's like where people who live in Brooklyn live. Got uh, it. Um, and uh, I grew up there till I was like three or four, and then we moved to New Jersey. But I'm very proud to say I was born in Brooklyn. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we went you, to New Jersey. Do you have uh, memories of that transition or, or not really? Actually, weirdly, do you're not gonna believe this, but like we had like um, I mean, because you know Brooklyn, um, we had like this backyard that was like half concrete and then like a little bit of grass, and we had like three fruit trees. I remember we had fruit trees wow. in Brooklyn, which was like a thing. And my grandparents uh, lived in Brooklyn. My grandfather lived there. My mom's parents lived there till he died, and then my grandmother just moved out of there a few years ago. She moved in with uh, one of my uncles. But um, they, my grandfather grew a lot of fruits and vegetables in his yard, very like old world Italian. So like we would like get the basil to put on the pasta, like yeah, get so the eggplants right to fry. there, totally. So it was like not weird to me as a kid that we had food growing in the backyard, but like as an adult now, I'm like, wow, to have that in Brooklyn, it's like pretty, pretty cool, you know? Yeah, it's very hard to find that, and then. And then moving to Jersey, was it an adjustment to suburbia? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was so little. I don't know. Got it. But I do remember I moved back to Brooklyn after I got out of school. Okay. And, you know, I moved to Park Slope. And I remember my dad coming and, like, looking at my apartment, which I was really proud of. I really liked. And my dad's looking at it. He we're, goes, talking, we're talking post-high school right now, right? We're talking about college. Post-college. Post-college. Okay. So I, before, I, before we get yeah. there – I'm just curious, what what did your parents do and how did this arts thing begin for you? Oh, um, so 
both of my parents actually are really good uh, musicians and they both were in like community theater, theater in their schools. My parents actually met doing theater. Uh, my dad was going to an all boys school and so they needed women for one of the productions they were doing. And so my mom like was local and auditioned and got in. And so like they met and then my dad went away to college, but then he and my mom like kind of stayed in touch and my mom and like her whole side of the family. And, and one of like my cousin's parents also like, they're all very theatrical and musical. So then they kind of started their own like summer theater thing that they would do theater for the community and stuff like wow. that. So my family was always very, like, it was very normal for family parties in my life to end with, like, everybody around the piano, like, singing, or my dad playing the guitar and, like, singing Irish songs. And, like, so it was very, like, um, that was, like, my grandfather tap danced and, like, did a lot of community theater we went to see. So, like, that was always sort of no normal. So being performative was pretty routine for you. Yeah, like, I always, from a very little kid knew I wanted to be an actor and loved acting in theater. And like, it seemed just like very normal to me to, to want to do it because everyone in my family did it. And what's funny is as an adult, I know you want to go chronologically, but what's funny. We, I, we don't literally have to, we, whatever. <laughs> I just try to get people no. to understand how this all happens, you know? But like, I never realized as an adult, how lucky I was to know from a young age, this is what I wanted to do. Cause I Same. kind of always thought. I, I identify right. with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids like have, you know, like whatever, have like a, a play idea of something that they like as a kid. And I think people like you or me went, oh, well, that's what I want. Like, so it, it was like sort of this natural thing I always followed. It wasn't always like a straight shot to working after, but like um, I didn't appreciate until I was much older that so many adults go like, yeah, I don't know what I, what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just, you know. Oh, I, I'm 33. I have friends that are still trying to figure it out, you know, that are course, like, yeah. yeah, it's so tough, you know, and God, don't even get me started on AI, but then were your parents able to kind of shepherd you and advise you into community theater in Jersey? So, um, I did theater like in my high school, like, you know, a lot of people do like their high school theater or like yeah. their middle schools or whatever, you know, whatever you do the plays in school. And one of my uncle's one of the ones who like started the community theater thing with my mom and his, his wife, my mom's sister, um, he had gone to Juilliard. So he was sort of wow. like my, yeah. And he had worked as an actor like regionally and stuff like that. So Anyone I like, would know or? His name was Richard Rella. Okay. Um, and he was sort of my like mentor in that time of like, I would go to his house. He would teach me how to sing or like read a score. Or we'd talk about, a movie like I remember watching he told like he gave me an assignment I had to watch funny girl with Barbara Streisand and then he gave me the score and we I went to his house every Sunday and I learned the whole score so wow. he talked me through like how, like because he could see I had a real interest in it and he was the person I knew who like knew how to do it and so then when I wanted to go to college and like study it my parents were supportive of me doing it but then it was like now we were talking about like how am I going to make a living? Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the agreement, like my uncle and my parents and I all, like talked about it one day and the agreement my parents and I made was as long as I got a degree, it was okay if I studied acting because then if it didn't work out, I had something I could fall back on. Right. So I could teach as long as I had a bachelor's degree, Right. you know, 
So did did that inadvertently take Juilliard off the table then? Um, I think so. I went to a college for like one semester, which I was not happy that I like. I just wasn't happy there. It was like nothing wrong. It just wasn't a fit for me. Totally. And so then when I re auditioned, they let me audition for Juilliard because I think it was also just like so prestigious to do. Yeah, of course. Um, I did not get into Juilliard, but I did get I, to I like the it. second round. So I was oh, like, amazing. Yes. What about NYU or any of the um, other So NYU, for me, financially felt like a big I, strap. I went there, and what? it still is. It's, oh, God, it's crazy. I, taught, I yeah. taught there, you know, for like no a little way. while. What, what, what studio? At Meisner. Oh, I, I, I was at Strasbourg. I really I wish I would have got to teach. Yeah. Yeah. I worked, I worked at Meisner for a long time. I still have a lot of great friends there. I worked, in fact, Anyway, I would still be teaching there. I lived in New York for a long time, and um, I loved teaching. Uh, I miss it so much. I'm so lucky to be working so much as I am as an actor, but, like, every now and then I get to coach or, like, work with students, and I go, oh, my God, like, I really miss teaching. I really yeah. – I love doing it. So then so. so then, what school, when you got tired of that one, did you end up going to? So I went – I ended up going to Rutgers. I auditioned. Oh, uh, amazing for- program. Yeah, I auditioned for, I think the second time around was Juilliard, maybe Boston University, because they had a musical theater program, because I thought I wanted to do that. And Rutgers, because my uncle, who went to Juilliard, was like very encouraging of me going to a straight acting, like a dramatic acting program, because he goes, you can always go take voice lessons or dance classes. But like, if you go really hone your acting craft, I think that's the best. And so that's, and then Rutgers, I was also, I got a, I got a bachelor's and so. And, and um, I imagined you were after Gandolfini, like, have you already heard of him at that point? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. he was like the biggest alumni from Rutgers for the, at that time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he went to Mason Gross. Did he go to Mason Gross? I believe he did. That's what I've been okay. told. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the time when I went there, our big alums. I mean, he's older than me, so he would have definitely yeah. gone there. Um, uh, but it was like Callista Flockhart had gone there. She was God. huge. Like she had gone. Allie McField, Kristen Davis. Wow. Um, Aaron Stanford. Um, and then like Tom Pelfrey and Sebastian Stan. I were know like Tom Pelfrey the best. Yeah, yeah. And is the best. Yeah. So like we had some really great great, great folks, you know, so that it wasn't, it was like no schlub of a program. It was like, you know, and it was good what, training. Like, I What was really the guy Tom told me, Steve Kazakoff? Was he one of the Rutgers or that might've been a different teacher? I think that was, no, that oh, was okay. Tom's high school teacher. I oh, think. okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. He spoke so highly of that guy. So I, I was just curious. Um, but then how was your experience? It was wonderful. I loved being at Rutgers. Uh, I'm, like I said, as a teacher, I'm always a big proponent of um, training and education. And uh, when I lived in New York, also, I used to get a lot of agencies that would send me like young, like young people, children, clients and help them audition. Yeah. And then the mothers would always say to me, like, where do they go? You know, and I'm like, stay in school. You'll have so much time to be an actor, totally. you know, but like go be in school and get trained because what what you'll get out of that is you'll be able to really build a long career and I feel the um the training I got at Rutgers and the information I got and the the practice I got the the practicum like the the putting it to work is really what helped me for 
theater jobs I got for being on set. Like for, there are days when you have to do a, a heavy emotional scene and you might be tapped out or tired. It's four in the morning or whatever. So to have tools at your disposal, to have muscles you have worked where you have things to pull from if like, I don't know how, so like that magic seedling totally. isn't there that morning. You ha- you go, okay, what are the other tools I have? Or just building a good foundation. So then when you put your little magic on top of it, it, it really blooms. Or when, when people give you new and different things from the other side of the camera that you weren't prepared for, you weren't expecting or on stage, you can catch them and run with them. You don't have to ignore them and go, this is the performance I've built. You know, like there's, the ability to to be teammates to work together. That's so beautiful. And did Rutgers have a showcase for you guys? Yeah, we did showcase and we we auditioned for some agents and stuff like that. When I was there, it was just in New York. I was undergrad, so it was just New York. Um and now I don't know what they do. I don't know how COVID has changed those showcases. Oh, I can only but, imagine. But were you able yeah. to get representation? I did get some representation from the showcase um, and then quickly everyone dropped me <laughs> like within oh, like a no. year, year oh. or so. Yeah. I think um, it was like, well, no, I mean, I don't know because you're talking about like the journey of actors. Yeah. Right? So for me at that time, it was like, Oh my God, now what do I do? I'm out in the real world. And like, yeah. I have How no did rep. You buoy yourself. So I was lucky enough to have done a little bit of professional work, like some, uh, not quite some, stock but like some summer theater professional theater so i met some people and so um i became friendly with a casting director named allison frank okay and i reached out to her and i was like i don't know what to do and like because she was like uh at that time like an acquaintance friend she and i weren't very very close at that time but we were friendly enough that i could ask for advice right she said oh i know several agencies that might and so she did some personal intros for me and so then that's how i got she was able to say hey i know this actress and she's good and she works hard and you know so there was like those kinds of things um and so she helped me get that yeah that next step oh that's and then they dropped me or i dropped them oh no yeah the classic yeah but that's what happens and then you just kind of once you once it happens it's kind of like if you have your high school boyfriend or girlfriend or partner and then they break up with you and you think, Oh my God, I'll never love again. I will never. But then once it happens and then you meet the next person, you go, okay. And now I'll work with more people and I'll meet new agents and I'll, and so like you just say, okay, like this whole industry is always, you're always in flux, right? Like, I mean, we're all in this big stripe moment now. Yeah. And and, and still no idea which way it's going to go. Of course. And it's scary to go, oh my gosh, like what will happen? And, and I feel like even people I have worked with who are like super duper famous have said to me, this might be my last job. And I'll go, really, do you really feel like that? Because you're famous now. Right. And they go, yeah, I think you just always feel like that. And so for me, I feel like the agent thing, the working thing, it's all sort of part of the same thing. Whereas actors a lot, we have sort of this natural self-doubt in some ways. And there is a built-in uncertainty to our careers. So we have to just learn to ride the wave and say, something will come on the other end. Yeah. And I will learn new skills and I will meet new people and and things will happen. And I'll figure it out. 
And and I saw The Sopranos was your first credit. Was that really big for you? And did that really help you get in some much oh my bigger God. rooms? Uh, it was really big for me. I don't know that it did help me. It was like, because it was, uh, not that it hurt me, but it was like this little part. A co-star. Very cool to yeah. be a part of an iconic series like that, especially. And like, I just got in before it ended. So. Yeah, I saw that. It's amazing. That was really neat. It was more for me that experience. I don't want to say didn't open doors, but it was more that I got the experience to like be on camera, be on a set, work with guys who were at the top of the game. Yeah. And what was cool about that set was all of those guys before that series came around were all the Italian guy in whatever movie they had done, right? Or totally. project or film. So now it was a project with all of them together. And so my experience of coming in, I think I worked four days or some little thing. They were so gracious. There was no like hierarchy of like, uh, we're the fancy people. And you, yeah, because I'm all number of them one had, and number one doesn't talk to number two and none of that was, bullshit. Yeah. Not at all. And there yeah. was very much like the, um, the, like they've all been the guy who was on the set with someone for four days. Right. So they, when I showed up, oh, hey, it's the new person today and come eat with us. And I was like, oh my God, like everybody was so welcoming. And I was so scared because oh, I hadn't even done like heart. a student film. So wow. I was like, oh my God, like this is my first on camera. But they, it, that set could not have been a lovelier place to be. They were, I was so glad I was so fortunate to cross paths with Jim Gandolfini, right? Like we didn't I shoot know. together, but to be in the same space with him is yeah. uh, God, that's really special. And and then after that credit, were you also like doing, you know, equity open calls? Cause I know you do theater as well. Like how did you try to break into that sector? Because, you know, without the Yale, the Juilliard, it can be so hard for us to get seen. For oh theater. yeah. Yeah. That's true. I was actually doing more theater. So the beginning of my career out of college I was really doing more theater than I was doing film or TV. Booking okay. the Sopranos was like um, almost like this oddball thing that had happened. Uh, I was anyway, that's a whole, it's a story, but I was up for a different part and they had called me back and back and back. And they ended up going with a, a girl who had had more experience because I had none. Yeah. So then Georgie Ann Walken, who the was best. Chris, and she, and yeah, Sheila so, Jaffe, right? Yes. It was yeah. Georgie Ann and Sheila. Yeah. But Georgie Ann was sort of, like the champion of me, like she just kind of really dug me. And so when, when that part didn't work out, of course I was disappointed. And then she called me and was just like, they put you through so much. I'm getting you. So there was this other little like five line part. And she was like, we're giving it to her because I had been through so much for the other part. So it was sort of like, that was such a nice moment, right? Like I always like to try to reflect on these nice moments in the industry because there aren't always a ton. And no. so like, it's nice to like treasure those ones. That's beautiful. And then, but anyway, I got off subject. The point is I had done really more theater. I was coming out of school theater trained. I could also sing. So I ended up. Oh, you were able to musicals. do the musicals. Got it. I did a lot of musicals and then some straight plays and things like that. And, um, and yeah, so I was doing way more theater and then I ended up, sort of falling into film and TV, like, yeah, from that, from doing that stuff. 
and and doing so many you know theater pieces that those are showcases of their own because everyone's coming to that was that ultimately how you found you know two reps down the next rep yeah i mean so then what happened i uh after those i think then at one point i had reached out to like an old college professor and I, they knew someone, so I got repped through that. Or he, oh, he was married to, that was, he was married to somebody. So they repped me for a minute. And then, um, and then I got a Broadway show and Which my one? contract, it was called Leap of Fate. Okay. And I had a nice little feature in it. Um, and so my contract was up with my, with my rep. So when that show was going on, I just had said to people in the cast, hey, when your reps come see you, will you just introduce me? Like, you don't even have to like, because then I will be like, this agent just came to the show, just saw me do like a little thing. So they saw me act and like, so then that's how I got my next reps. I got my manager from that and I've been with him ever since. He's like, we're very, very close. And so then now that I have him for sure, I've still gone, I went through a few more agents but Part I now have game. some, yeah, yeah, but like now I feel like I definitely have one person who's like in my corner, you know, and then he helps make intros or casting people do, or it really is just like you keep meeting people and making relationships yeah. and it, it, it's a journey, you know, and it's and, a journey, especially now with, you know, people that have just grown up with like instant, they want it right away. And, you yeah. know, having done so much theater, then did you get to a point with your manager where like, okay, we need to to build up the film and TV credit roster? Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. Like, it just kind of happened. I, I was just always open to doing any work I could. I just wanted to act. I liked yeah. acting. Um, and so then the way things kind of started to shift into film and TV was I was, I would go out for film and TV. I just wouldn't book as much as I would in theater. I was booking a lot of theater. And then I booked like totally randomly this Jennifer Lopez movie. I had done like a little co-star here or that like a day here or day there, but I got this Jennifer Lopez movie where I like played her friend. It was, um, Leah Remini was like her best friend. And then me and this other actress, Lacrita, were her other two friends. So it was like, okay. a, that was a big part. I was on set for like six weeks. That was like a big one. Yeah. And then that was sort of like, cause that was like a really big credit and a really big part. Like that did something. And then after that, I did a little bit more theater. And uh, I had this point in my life where I was up for, I just talked about this on a podcast the other day. I was up for, Hello, Dolly on Broadway to replace a friend of mine who was leaving, Jen Samard. And Bette Midler was starring in that. And I was also up for this play at the Signature Theater, Our Lady of 121st Street. And I think Broadway was offering something like $3,000 a week, which is a huge salary. And the play was offering like $700 a week, which was like the standard, maybe $720, which is like the off-Broadway salary. And my manager was like, I think we should do the play because that will show more of your acting skills. If we do this musical, it's more like a typical character you would have done. This would be more surprising when people see it. And my mom was like, who's going to pay your bill? And so... We took this risk and we did this play and Dave Caparelli Otis cast this play. The best. Yeah. Love Dave, Dave Cap. And 
he also at the same time was casting a series called New Amsterdam or right yeah. after he did this play. Cool. And so Abel, because of all the good, yeah. So then I, he kept calling me in for New Amsterdam, like this part, that part. And I, like the third character I went in for, he went, I don't know what it is. He goes, I just feel like you are right for this world and I want to find a spot for you here. And I was like, Cap, thank you. Like that's such a comp, like that's huge. Totally. And every part I read for never made it to the show. And then he called me in for this character and she was supposed to be like 60 years old. And she was like a coffee lady. And the idea for the story was um, she had gotten divorced, I think, or maybe she was widowed, but it was like a second stage of life for this person. And then she was going to like maybe have this little dalliance with this Dr. Kapoor. But they kept auditioning people and they, they weren't finding whatever the quality was they wanted. So Dave was like, look at this actress because we like her. And then I ended up getting that part. So they obviously shifted it yeah, because I wasn't 60 and I'm not 60. And then the part just like grew and grew into this. Yeah, you like, did 20 episodes. Yeah. So that was like just this, like, so that like, so I feel like the J-Lo movie was like something that I felt like, oh, then I was like, getting more film and TV. And then after New Amsterdam, that was such a huge series that that like, that really shifted me that I started doing so much film and TV. I haven't, I, in fact, that was the last play I did was Our Lady of Punishment wow. 21st Street. Cause and, I haven't many, I haven't had time. And how was it, you know, digging into the procedural world because that's its own thing, you know, and, and having to deal with that text and making that truthful. Was that fun? Was that new to you? I, it was new. It yeah. was my first procedure. And again, also like a great learning experience because I got to be on a set regularly. I was on almost every other episode for the time I was there. So it was so like, do they make I, you series regular or just reoccurring? I just was recurring, but okay. like I got to be there so much that it like, so that's also valuable when you get to go back and back to the same place of work, work with the same people new directors like so this is another new learning experience right like if you do a movie it's the same people every day for this period of time yeah. but tv like people are coming in and out and like so you learn about that and also like yeah so anyway um so uh i loved i loved my time there and i um yeah i don't, I don't know I, I learned a lot i i loved i loved being with those people um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else. Yeah, to say. no, I, we were all sad when when they decided to end that. And was it hard saying goodbye to that? Well, so I had so the pandemic shut us down, right? Yeah. Like we were shooting during the pandemic, and then during the pandemic, I booked physical, and so we were like torn between: do we stay at New Amsterdam? Do we go do physical? And I had some great conversations. Was with physical a, a pilot at that point, or was it picked up to series? Uh, it was picked up to series. So Got I would have it. had to like come out to LA. And so I had some great chats with um, the wonderful like producers at New Amsterdam. And I was like, I hate to leave, but like, and they all were like, we don't want to lose you. This is also an amazing opportunity for you. So like, yeah. how do we, so we all kind of like made this really great decision together. And Ella got this really great send off from New Amsterdam. She gets to like have the baby. And I still got to do like two or three episodes after that, like little pop-ins, which was amazing how they kind of things timed out really beautifully. Yeah. And they and loved yeah, you and they wanted to make it work. And that's a testament so to you and your talent. Thank you. It was a very special time and opportunity. I really, 
really, really liked that job a lot. Yeah. And then how did it feel to jump into a new energy with what we're here to talk about physical? Was that terrifying, exciting, all parts, you know, being equal there? It was. um, So it was the first time I had done it. It was my first series regular. And so it was the first time looking at scripts like that, like in a, in a bigger arc where I was like, Oh, my, my arc isn't this episode. My arc is 10 episodes. Right. Yeah. Um, also, but the, the, the biggest challenge was because we were shooting during COVID and nobody knew how to do this or what. So we, in, everyone in was both like, seasons one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I mean, God, we yeah. shot, we started season one of physical in November of 2020. Oh, so prime pandemic. It was pretty pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so it was like weird, like cut, put your masks on. Like, you know, like you, so like, you know, I don't know if you're like, you're acting, you're on set, you're used yeah. to kind of, Staying in his own or doing, seeing faces, yeah, and it would be like you know taking your mask off, and then people would run in and try to rub the lines up. So like trying to stay in the zone of acting was like hard, and then going to your chairs and having to sit separate from people and like yeah. not. So like Rose and I would want to like maybe talk about a scene or something, but she'd be here and I'd be there, and there'd be pe- plexiglass between us or whatever. So like we started trying. But then as we all figured it out, like, okay, well, if we can sit face to face, but be six feet or like things like that, we, we started to figure out like how to, how to do to keep doing our jobs. But so the blessing and the curse of that was I wasn't nervous about the job because there were so many other things You're to worry about. You're overwhelmed with stimuli. Yeah. It's amazing. So I was just though. like, okay, we're just, we're doing this thing. And how is it working with Rose? I mean, I've never heard anything but amazing things about her. You should you shouldn't and probably won't ever hear yeah. anything but amazing things about her. She is uh truly a beautiful person. Truly like just the kindest, funniest, loveliest person. I I adore her. Love, love. And it's such a fun show. I mean, was it does it was it as fun as it looks to shoot it? Yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. And we have great people that I everyone had such good attitudes. Like I said, because during COVID it was like hard and you know. Many, many times some people would get it, then you're shut down for the day, then you're shut down for three days, and we got to wait, you know. So it was just like uh, very tumultuous. But um, Annie Weissman uh, and Stephanie Lang, Craig Gillespie cast the pilot, so he had also a lot to do with it. Susie Ferris was our casting director, but that group of people, I think, really put together such a great cast. I mean, everyone, even like, people who would come in for a day, but especially I think I'm thinking of like the regulars and the recurrings, like just the attitudes of everybody were so great. And yeah, just everyone was so open and kind and there was just so much um, support of one another. So there was a lot of space to, you know, we're dealing with hard things on the show. So um, it was a really great space to feel like there was a lot of open space to talk about hard things. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's and 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 it shows in the material. And as you guys reached the end of the production of season one, did you know season two was a go, or was there you know a minute before you found out? We know, yeah, we didn't know. I think everybody felt like there would be, or felt hopeful like there would be. But I feel like you never really know. I mean, like the streaming world, it's like it's like different now so it's just like you yeah, just don't it's know it's different every day god it's yeah. different every day so we just were like i don't know i hope i have a job i don't know like you know just like 
we all like working together. We felt like the show was good, did well. Like, so all of the signs felt like, yeah. And then it was, but like, we didn't, and we didn't find out. Like, I remember getting the phone call. It was like a couple of days before the first episode aired of season one. So we like, we wrapped in like March and the show premiered in like June. So there was a couple of months where it was like, well. Anything could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And and when that season two got picked up, is that what made you move out west finally? So I didn't really even ever plan on moving out west, if I'm being honest. I came out to do the show and then I was going to go back to New York because I'm a pretty diehard New Yorker. Um, but in the middle time, I met a really nice guy. Oh, and, great. And then I got, I also had a renter in my New York apartment. So I said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to stay out and enjoy summer in LA. COVID was finally at that point lightening up a little and it was summer. So you could be outside though. It was like safer, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just stay. And you know, of course, as soon as I did that, I got a movie and had to go back to New York. The Ray um, Romano film? Yes. Yeah. Nice. That's when I shot then. Uh, and so then, but then we found out there was season two. So then I was like, okay, well now maybe I should like, figure it out. And my yeah. boyfriend and I, at the time we were like, I mean, he's still my boyfriend now, but meaning at that time, uh, we were like, okay, he needed to get a new apartment. So it was like, okay, let's figure out if we get an apartment here, then we can both work here. And then if either of us needs to work in New York, we can meaning like I could be there in a second and have a place to live. But if yeah. I got more work out here, that was not, so it was easier to get, set up a home base out here and then hop back to New York when needed. So that nice. was sort of the, that was sort of the plan. But the plan, like I said, like I said at the beginning of this, the plan is always in flux. So you yeah. just kind of say, these are the best decisions I can make with the information I have right now. Totally. And that's all you can do. And and as season two started, you know, I know there were still COVID protocols, but did it feel a little bit less 28 days later than the first yeah. season. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, so in season two, the protocols, I don't want to say they lightened up, but in some ways they were like a little more relaxed in other ways. It was just more that we were like able to be used to them. And I think also like people did a lot of things like they wrote more outdoor scenes or things like that, where it was just like, you know, oh, okay. So we could just, if we're outdoors, it's like safer. Da, 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 da. So um, yes, I think I, it was a combination of both things. Like you were more used to it, but also it was like, okay, this is the new normal. This is like what we do. This is how oh. we do it. You know, like, and, I think season one, I had to drive to a COVID drive through three times a week to get tested, whether I was shooting or not. Wow. And then season two, I think if I was on set, I could get tested on set like that. So there was like things where they were like, that started to make it easier. They were able to like truncate the process a little. So it wasn't also like on any free day I had, I was also like having to run around, you know what I'm, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you could be like, okay, today could actually be a day off where I don't have to like think about COVID if I don't leave the house. <laughs> totally. And, and then doing, you know, season two, a lot of shows, that's kind of like when the public starts to pick them up, it's very rare, you know, public people, pick a show up in season one and it takes off. I mean, that's such an anomaly. Did it, did it start to feel cool? You know, I know I'm skipping a little bit here, but as season two came out and the show became bigger, was that fun experience for you? Oh, sure. I mean, like I just, um, 
I'm incredibly proud of physical. Wow. I just got a little choked up saying that because, um, um, let me, let me phrase this in a, in a good way. You can edit this however you want to make it not sound like insane. But, um, when I did new Amsterdam, when we finished season one, I got invited to the rap party and David Schulner, who was our showrunner, who's very smart, brilliant man, um, stood up at the party and he goes, um, everybody wants to work on a show that they like to work on that the public likes and that they feel like is saying something meaningful. And sometimes, most of the time you get one of those things. Sometimes you get two, very rarely do you get all three and like New Amsterdam was that we were all like oh but like it was you know like it was like an important show it spoke to social issues it spoke to the healthcare system all those great things and i feel that way about physical very much i feel like um i'm getting very emotional i feel like those um people are my family in a very real way um we all went through something huge together with this pandemic and also we like love each other um i loved working there every day i think I know, in fact, people who have talked to me about having seen the show say it has been impactful and important to them. And that is incredible for me to hear that I've had an impact on anyone's life in any way. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like we did something important. I feel like we said something important and I'm incredibly proud of that. You absolutely did. And and everyone in that show, I mean, you guys are it's so well cast and it's such a great company of actors and, and then having, you know, those kind of credentials, you know, when, when season two was done, did you have at this kind of juncture, uh, I, I imagine, you know, pun intended agency to do what you wanted, you know, what, what was interesting to you? I'm sure you were getting all kinds of different offers. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and we were like, yeah, now starting to be in a position where we were like, okay, I don't know. I turned down a couple of things that I was like, I don't know if I should do that or, um, you know, but like not, I don't know. I don't know that like, yeah, I don't even really know how to answer that accurately. Like there were a couple of theater jobs I had to turn down because theater can be such a big commitment. Like it can be yeah. like several months and then you go, oh, well, I already have this other TV job booked, which is like a week in, let's say, September. So if I'm doing this play, like you start to go, what do I do? Because I'm already committed to that. But like the play would give me six months of work that I'd love to do. Or So now you start to make these choices. Um, There's only like one or two things. Like there was one project that came by not so long ago that I said to my reps, I didn't know if I should do it because it was like, an Italian family movie and it was great and really fun. But like I had just done the Ray Romano movie right. and I really liked the other project, but I was like, is this, I don't know. Like, is this a good move, a bad move? And they were like, I don't know. Like it's, you know, it's whatever you want it to be. So I was like, I don't, I don't know. And like, yeah. so, like it was just like that. Your gut and how you're feeling in that moment, you know, but also like, I like to work, not just, like of in the course, way of like, that I like what, to act, yeah. and so it's like I don't like to say no to things. I I like to work, so yeah. you know. And 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 then you know, did you you know as you were able to you know obviously get money from these shows, were you able to start coaching actors again in a way that 
you know, wasn't necessarily for the money, but for able to to pass back down the the education and the knowledge? Oh, sure. I mean, I've I've always kept up coaching through the even through the the three seasons of physical, just not as much as like I, I used to, like I used to do like, you know, I would coach like 20 actors a week kind of thing yeah. and like work at NYU. And like, it was something I really, really did even when I was doing New Amsterdam. Cause I was doing that so much, but like, I really had a, a very thriving, you know, coaching business in New York. Um, and then, but then with physical and then like with other projects that have, you know, been in the, in, in betweens, it's, it's just not been possible to keep like, if you have a client who wants to see you every Wednesday, like you go, I can't. Right. So, um, but yeah, I have been able to coach, but not as much as I would like to, but it's just, I don't know. It's the nature of the beast. I'm sure there will come a time where I'm able to coach more and again, and you know, well, I, it's kind of like just some your life going goes. moment by moment which is totally <laughs> that's can yeah that, that's your prerogative and how does it feel to have season three about to come out pretty soon are you excited i uh, it's a mixed it's a mixed bag i'm sad that it's the final season but also like i'm i am proud of what we did for sure yeah so i'm excited for people to see it yeah and and to be able to go into the unknown of what's next again you know and, yeah yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see what that is for you. And, you know, I mean, what, what interests you now? What do you mean? I'm so like, sorry. You know, you so, so, you know, like now that, you know, obviously that once it's done airing and, and the press rounds are done, you will be able to go back to the open market and hopefully for the love of God, the strike will be over. You know, is there certain yeah. things that you really want to achieve or, you know, take it as it comes in offer or audition, you know? I feel like, oh, definitely audition. Definitely take what comes in. I have several really smart writer friends who've sent me scripts and been like, what do you think about this? Would you want to do this? And I'm like, almost all of them. I've been like, yeah, I think it's very cool. Um, but uh, I think, I guess, that's a hard question to answer in that. I know it getting, is. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, 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 you're fine. Yeah. What I mean is, you know how we like at the beginning of this, you're like, I could go off on AI and, but it won't. Right. And yeah. I was like, part of what's happening right now with these negotiations is the contracts we all agreed to so many years ago, right. were based on the information and the knowledge we had then we had no idea streaming would do what it did or yeah, that AI would media. Be a, yeah. a thing or yeah. all this stuff. So when you ask me, what do you want to do? I almost feel like, I don't know because we even don't know if how I, it's going to go, I don't know what's going to come my way. So I might yeah. be like, Oh God, I didn't even think I would want to do that. That's someone might say, do you want to play an animated character? And I'd be like, Oh my God. Yes. Someone might say, do you want to be in a video game? I would go, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Cause I'm, I, I just like acting. So like I, um, I haven't done theater in a long time and I'd love to do some theater if that window opens up. Um, but I also really, really love doing film and TV. And I, I love, um, now having had the opportunity on like New Amsterdam and physical to be with, um, shows that have gone season to season. I, I love being part of something that grows like that. Whereas like a play is like, more like a movie it's like a finite work yeah. that you're working on it's really neat to grow with a character so i i like that too so and, yeah and obviously you know you you you've been in the business like me and seen so many enormous changes 
And for the actors listening, I know this is a heavy question, but obviously it's a very confusing time right now. And let alone nobody knows that isn't related to an actor how to really get started because, you know, with everything, you know, being in flux, there's no right way anymore. And even going to drama school, especially with what some of these institutions are charging, doesn't make sense. So, you know, going off what worked for you, you know, and and the students that you've met along the way, any words of wisdom you might have for those dreamers out there looking to get started in this business? You know, I'm not saying book the, the next TV show, but really just start their their training and 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 beginning to audition for any non-union or union job. Um yeah, I do. I think through my years of teaching, my consistent advice to people was um I don't think anyone can if you want to be in the entertainment industry, I don't think anyone can not I don't think anyone can afford to not be a multi-hyphenate so if you want to be an actor you better become friends with writers learn to write learn about producing learn about directing because I have a very good friend Stephanie Kurtzuba if you don't know who she is look her up she's brilliant and she's done a ton of work she's done several Scorsese films he loves her and has brought her in for so many things and she just started to decide that some of the stuff she was getting, not from Scorsese, but like, you know, other projects yeah. and things. She's like, I want things that are like challenging. I want things that are going to show different sides of me. And so she started writing and producing her own work and creating her own web series and like doing them. And like now she like knows how to do that and gets pitches and like creates it herself. And her lawyers drop the contracts. And she like, she's like, if I want to make something, I do it. And I'm working. And I'm like, so she and I are developing some stuff together now too. But like, I think that, I think going to school is important. I get it. I, nobody wants to come out saddled with a huge payment to pay back. I totally get that. But I still say get training because I, I can't stress enough how your natural talent can betray you. Like to have a solid foundation that you put your talent into you know what I mean? It would be like if you went to the market and you bought seeds to grow a rose and you have them, you have them. But if you don't have water and soil and water them every day and get them in sunshine, they're not growing. They're just seeds that are going to be in your pocket. That's all you have. Yeah. So I I think training, however you can get it, even if it's with a group of friends that me and two of my best buddies in, in times when we weren't working we had like a play reading club and we would all come to my apartment every Tuesday night and I would make dinner and one person would pick a play and the three of us would read it. Whether we were the right genders, ages, anything, we would just read the play and split it up and act our faces off as much as we could. And then we would talk about it while we ate the food and go like, what did you think? Did you like this? This writing was weird. Or I would have said this or whatever, like just to work. And I feel like um, that's training. You know, I had two other smart actors that I respected and I was like, what do you guys think of this? Um, so there's so many ways that you can practice your craft, but, but practice many crafts and treat every, uh, opportunity you are in as a learning experience. If you are working with people better than you sit behind the monitor and learn, don't go be on your phone playing a stupid game, 
go sit behind the monitor. If you get to, if you get to be on a set with Ray Romano, go sit there and listen to this man who has been the number one guy, like for forever, watch him do what he does and go, Oh, that's how, Oh, that's how you made that decision. That's how you did that. So then I can do that later. Yeah. And I can learn about that. Oh, that's why that's funny. Oh, maybe I'll be funnier. You know, like go learn and go learn from people also what not to do. Just like be curious, be interested, you know, like, like be there. This is the best answer I've ever gotten to that question. <laughs> so dear, I am speechless. Thank you for that. That is wonderful. And uh, sorry, audience, I'm clipping that. That's going to be the clip. <laughs> But awesome. thank you for being here. You're incredible. Your energy is amazing. And you're Thanks. you're you're well on your way to your apex. And please come back sometime. You know, whatever's next, I'd love to do this again because you have so much to offer the world. And I feel like, you know, you're you're showing it now, but there's so much more to be continued. That is so nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, really. I, I really appreciate you covering time out of your day. It's meant so much to me. And thank you for being here. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. Honestly, thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm so grateful for your time. Physical season three will be out very soon. And uh, let's say to be continued. Okay, TBC. All right. So much love, okay? Take it easy. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. 